0: Welcome to the Swim Upstream podcast, where we talk about intentional living against cultural norms. If you're ready to break out of survival mode and cultivate a more intentional life, then you're in the right place. Find your courage to live differently and swim upstream. Let's get started. y'all welcome back this is Jenny from Swim Upstream and you're listening to episode 8 part of the intentional kitchen series this week's episode is probiotics and kombucha before we get started let's talk again about what I'm learning this week this week we finally were able to put our baby chicks into the chicken run And so we're learning all about the proper bedding for their chicken run and the coop. The different latches that we need. Both on the coop and the nesting box. And the door to the run. So that we can keep predators out. And we've also been learning a little bit about mites and parasites and prevention of that. And so lots and lots of things to wrap our heads around as we're working with these chickens and trying to make sure that they're comfortable and then of course mother nature had to throw us a curveball and as soon as we've had them out in the coop for about two days we've got now five days of rain in the forecast so should be interesting but so far so good the chicks are happy we're happy everybody's healthy And so, let the adventure begin, right? We'll see how they do from here on out. So, let's get into today's episode. Um, In our family, one thing that we like to do is to address health issues first naturally through either behavior and lifestyle changes and then through diet and nutrition then maybe through supplements and oils and then lastly we look at medication so we are not a family that believes oh you have this wrong go go get a prescription for that we definitely want to do um the hard footwork first of making sure that any lifestyle changes that we could make that we're making those that we are you know supplementing our diet or changing our diet or including different things in our diet that will help um, or alleviate or maybe even eliminate the health issue that we're experiencing and then if those things don't work if we can find supplements or oils or things like that that will help us vitamins herbs those kinds of things that we can use that can help us to feel better without having to resort to prescription medication and then if none of those things are effective enough then we will look into medication. This is the way our family does it. I will remind you again that the examples that I share every week are things that our family has learned and our family has decided on. I am not saying follow me and do as I do. That would be totally against the whole idea of this podcast, which is to educate yourself, stop and think, don't do what everybody else is doing, stop and think, what's best for me, what's best for my family, how do I do that well, and then move forward with that regardless of what other people are or aren't doing. So, when I had fibromyalgia, um, the main issue that I needed to address was inflammation and IBS symptoms and so today I'm going to be talking about probiotics and kombucha because that was one of the first things that I did to address um, this health issue that I had with fibromyalgia in a natural way so as we go through this episode I want you to think about what health issue do you have that you need to address Are you lactose intolerant? Do you have regular IBS symptoms? Are you diabetic? Do you have high blood pressure? Do you have inflammation? Think about those things and then be on the listen for how possibly probiotics might be helpful to your situation. But then also think about how you can begin to research and come away with some ideas and actions that you might could take to help you with your particular health issue um in a natural in a more natural way maybe you have lifestyle changes that you need to make and you can start to research those maybe you need to change your diet and nutrition and maybe this episode and next week's episode um, that dives deeper into fermented foods will be helpful to you um Maybe your issue is something else entirely, but I hope at least that the process that I've gone through in learning about these things, and as I share with you about those, that that will help you to make decisions about your own health issue. So think as we're going through this, what is your probiotic? What is your kombucha in your life that needs change? And how can you apply these same basic principles and things to it? Um, I'm hoping that by sharing with you the benefits and and the, the things that we've gotten out of making this dietary change in our family, that that will motivate you to maybe try it for yourself or maybe it's not right for your family, but there's another change that you need to make. Maybe going gluten-free, maybe going keto, maybe eliminating dairy or eating paleo for a period of time. Whatever it is, I hope that seeing all the options and things that are available, even in one small category like probiotics and fermented foods, will give you the courage to step out and begin to dive deep into what your options might be in whatever your particular situation is. So let's dive into probiotics and kombucha and other fermented foods in our next episode. Okay, so this week again like I said, when I had fibromyalgia, two of my main issues that I needed to address right away was inflammation and IBS symptoms. Those were two overarching daily issues that I was facing that if I could improve or eliminate those would drastically improve my day-to-day health and well-being so two things that I understood right off from paying attention to my body and listening to the way my body responded to things the way I felt after I ate certain foods um the amount of energy or the amount of inflammation that I had the day after eating something or the afternoon after eating something. That would be my first tip to you is pay close attention to your body with whatever issue it is that you're trying to address. Pay attention because your body will tell you how it's feeling and what it needs if you're willing to listen. So first of all pay attention and two things that I learned was that avoiding dairy helped eliminate some problems and adding probiotics helped to improve several things so what are probiotics probiotics seems to be a pretty hot word um, in the diet nutrition world lately and so i really wanted to explain to you what it is and what the benefit of it is Probiotics are live microorganisms of beneficial bacteria and yeast. So, your body is naturally made up of yeasts and bacteria. And there are good bacteria and there are bad bacteria. And especially throughout your digestive system, you need a healthy balance of good and bad bacteria in order to balance out um, your digestive system you need to be able to eat and digest certain foods and you need bacterias in order to do that. But if you have an overgrowth of a yeast or a bacteria, then your gut flora is out of balance and it can cause all kinds of issues. So consuming probiotics either in a supplement or in food form can help with lots of things. It can help you digest dairy and Actually, probiotic-rich dairy is much easier for lactose-intolerant people to consume. People who generally have issues with dairy can usually, in most cases, eat probiotic-rich foods with very few problems. So, if you are lactose-intolerant, drinking and using milk kefir instead of regular milk could greatly benefit the way you're able to digest that Um, one of the things that we have noticed is that if we have kombucha after having something dairy rich like ice cream um, in particular my husband and i michael and i both have noticed that kombucha after ice cream means no stomach ache later as we've gotten older, we've been more and more sensitive to dairy, me in particular. But I've noticed that if I up my probiotics when I have dairy, regular dairy in a a larger than normal amount, like a bowl of ice cream, then the probiotics do the job of helping to break down the dairy and that makes it easier to digest. So even if it's not a probiotic rich dairy, if I eat probiotics with that dairy, it helps to break it down and it makes it easier for my body to deal with. So, probiotics are great at helping to digest dairy. They're also good at reducing inflammation. Inflammation starts in your gut. So, if you are able to balance out the flora by adding the good bacteria, then you can you can reduce the bad bacteria and the bad yeast overgrowth that's in your belly that causes you to have bloating and gas and other bathroom issues. Now initially when you begin to consume probiotics whether it's through kombucha or other fermented foods you're going to initially have gas and bloating but then it starts to balance out and it actually begins to relieve those issues. So probiotics also rebalance the bacteria from antibiotics. Um, so if you or your children have ever been on antibiotics, especially us girls, what happens after you've been on antibiotics? You tend to get a yeast infection Well, that's because your body has overgrown with yeast because your body has gotten out of balance with your yeast and bacteria balance. So if you are um, taking probiotics while taking your antibiotics or you continue to take probiotics after your antibiotics, then you're able to balance that out and you're much less likely to deal with issues like yeast infections afterwards. Um there are probiotic supplements but they tend to be super expensive especially if you're getting high quality ones the microorganisms and and the bacterial strains that we're talking about here are very short-lived and they tend to need to be babied so if you're buying shelf-stable probiotics they're probably not very good um you're probably not going to get a whole lot of benefit from those. Um, High quality antibiotic um, probiotics are going to be ones that need to be refrigerated and have a short shelf life and those are going to be pricey. So what we do is we focus on how to take antibiotics from foods instead. I, I mean probiotics, excuse me. So When we focus on probiotic-rich foods, then we get all the benefits of a supplement without the cost of the supplement. And it's also increasing our nutrition because the things that we're going to be consuming that are probiotic-rich are also really good for us. Anyway. So, one of the main things that people think about when they think about probiotics and fermented foods is kombucha. You may have seen kombucha on the shelves, in the supermarket, in the cooler, and wondered what in the world is that. You may have heard or seen a scoby and wondered, Ew, why is that floating in my tea? I'm not drinking that. Let me explain to you a little bit more about what kombucha is and what a scoby is, and maybe, just maybe, I might convince you to try kombucha before the end of the episode. So kombucha essentially is, an, is a fermented green or black tea that is sweetened with sugar and it ferments when the SCOBY consumes the sugar that's in the tea. Now what is a SCOBY? A SCOBY is basically a big, flat, slimy disc that feels rubbery and slimy um, because it's it's wet, because it's hanging out in your tea, but SCOBY, S-C-O-B-Y, stands for symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. It's very similar to a mushroom. So a lot of, you may hear kombucha referred to as mushroom tea, because basically what you're doing is you have the tea with the sugar in it, and you add the SCOBY, and the SCOBY will eat the sugar in the tea that feeds the the scoby what it needs and then the scoby multiplies and grows and creates new bacteria and yeast that are good which are then added back into the tea so it's very beneficial for you because it's full of the probiotics that's how it creates the probiotics so Kombucha doesn't only contain probiotics though. It also contains polyphenols which are lo- which are abundant in all kinds of teas and it contains antioxidants particularly the green tea varieties. And it also creates through the process of growing that SCOBY, it creates acetic acid which is a strong antibacterial very similar to um, the same antibacterial properties that you would find in vinegar it's the same type of thing um, and that antibacterial is really good at eliminating bacterial infections and in candida geese and that's why it works really well um, after you've had an antibiotic or when you're sick um, it's really really beneficial to drink kombucha tea because that acetic acid in it helps you to get better because it's fighting the bacterial infection and it's also guarding against um, an overgrowth of yeast if you're on an antibiotic. Um, Kombucha also can protect against cancer and heart disease. It can improve liver and kidney function and it can reduce your blood sugar which is especially good for diabetics. It can keep your blood sugar lower and more stable. Uh, I highly recommend an article from a website called Healthline and I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes and this article explains the benefits of kombucha and this this website is a really really good website as an example of what I talked about in the second episode when we talked about finding trusted sources that are unbiased and factual. Um, Healthline will have what they call evidence-based articles and it will say at the top um, in a little banner on these articles that it's an evidence-based article and as you read this article when they make statements like this improves your blood sugar you'll see a number after that statement and if you click on that number it will tell you exactly the medical journal article that they are citing for that source. And you can actually go and read that medical journal article from that link using that little number. So Healthline is really a great website to use for any kind of health issue that you're thinking on and trying to work through. So if probiotics and inflammation and avoiding dairy and that kind of thing are not your health issue and you're dealing with something different I highly recommend that Healthline be one of the sources that you use to research what the best solution is for you because they're going to give you evidence-based articles and they're going to have links to the research that they've used to write those articles so that you can make a really good informed decision so check that out in the show notes so, now that we've talked about what kombucha is and how it's beneficial and why you would want to drink it, let's talk about how to make it. So the first thing you're going to need is a 1-gallon glass jar. I'm assuming that you want to make a gallon of kombucha, as we have grown to love it in our family, a gallon just is not enough. This is at least a week and a half long process and we go through a gallon in a couple days if if it's especially hot or if we're just really loving kombucha that week. So we tend to make it in one of the beverage dispensers that we have that is a two and a half gallon container. So the instructions that I'm going to give you today are for a one gallon container, but you can move these ratios around to, um, figure out how much you need of each thing based on the size of your container but I would do at least a minimum of one gallon and you're going to want to try to use a glass jar you're not going to want to use any metal in this one because metal against glass will break the glass or cause it to crack or chip or weaken Um, and two you don't want to use a metal lid or anything because the acetic acid in this will be very corrosive To any metal that you're using so you don't want to um, cause it to break down. So stick to wood and glass and things like that for this particular process. So you're going to need enough tea, either green or black tea, to produce a gallon of tea. So if you use family size black tea bags that's generally about four tea bags. We buy organic tea as often as possible and I buy decaf tea as often as possible because I'm sensitive to caffeine and so I really can't have caffeine after about noon and generally I don't like to take kombucha in the morning because it can... Interact with some medications and cause them to not be as effective So I don't want to drink it in the morning close to my medication I want to drink it in the afternoon or in the evening and so it needs to not have caffeine. Um, again the better quality ingredients you use in this the better the quality of the kombucha that you produce so organic tea bags whether green or black enough to make a gallon And then you're going to need a cup of sugar per gallon. And I know that sounds like a lot of sugar. But again, the SCOBY is going to eat most of that sugar. So it's going to turn out to be a very low sugar drink by the time you consume it. Um, But the SCOBY does need that sugar to eat the bacteria, to eat the sugar to produce more bacteria and yeast that's beneficial. Um, There is... alternative that uses honey and that's called June, J-U-N, and it's a different type of tea uh, and it's a little bit different process. So if you're interested in using alternative sweeteners like honey, um, do a Google search for June, J-U-N, tea, and investigate that to see if that might be a better fit for you. But for this we're going to need the one gallon of black or green tea and a cup of sugar and then you're going to need a cup of starter which is already brewed and prepared kombucha and a scoby and you're going to need a cup of starter per gallon so when I'm making my kombucha I have a two and a half gallon container so I need two and a half cups of starter I generally use three cups of starter because then it gives me a stronger kombucha that has a little more fermentation to it Um, how do you get starter usually if you if you get a scoby from a friend it's going to have some enough starter with it for you to begin a a first batch of a gallon if you do not have a scoby then you're going to need to find one you can order one Online, and if you order one, it will come with enough starter juice around it to help you with your first batch. Um, If you don't want to order one online, then you can make your own. You can get as plain a variety of kombucha as you can find, preferably one that maybe only has ginger in it, or maybe only has lemon, just if you can even find just plain kombucha which is is admittedly difficult to do but it can be done then you take that and you make a gallon of tea and you add that bottle of kombucha to your gallon of tea and your tea will produce its own scoby and then you can save a cup of that and your scoby and start your new batch of kombucha using that so what you're going to want to do is to brew your tea to equal a gallon. And then you want to add your sugar while the tea is still warm so that the sugar has the ability to fully dissolve. Um, if it's cold, it's not going to dissolve. But then after you've added the sugar and you've stirred it in and helped it to dissolve, you need to cool that tea down to room temperature before you add the scoby in the starter. Heat will kill your scoby and it won't grow. So you need to make sure that it is no warmer than room temperature before you add the scoby and the starter. Then you're going to take that and you're going to cover it with a cheesecloth or a coffee filter, a cloth napkin, a tea towel, something thin and breathable because it needs to be able to pull things from the air. There are wild yeasts and things in our air, and it needs to be able to to breathe and get that while it continues to grow and then you're going to put it somewhere where it's warm but not in direct sunlight and you're going to let it sit for about seven days that varies depending on the weather if it's really really cold it'll take longer if it's warmer outside it may go pretty quickly maybe five days but just keep an eye on it And what will happen is the scoby, you'll begin to see some clear film on top of the tea with some little white spots in it and that will begin to get more and more white and it will create a new disc of a scoby and that's your scoby baby. When you see those white spots, don't be worried that there's mold in your tea. That is not mold, it is the kombucha growing the new scoby. If you're worried about what mold might look like in kombucha, it is pretty rare, but it does happen occasionally. Uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to Kombucha Camp. Um, It's another great website that's really, really helpful in teaching you about kombucha, and they have a great link that has photos that show you exactly what this is the scoby growing and this is mold this is normal and this is not so that you can really refer to that and just grow in confidence that the scoby that you're growing is real and not mold so after the new scoby forms you're going to want to do a taste test your tea should be just slightly sharp have a little bit of a vinegar taste just that uh, that that hits you when you drink it um It gets stronger the longer it brews so if you taste it and it tastes super sweet and just not very much of a bite to it give it another day or two and try it again Um, if it's very it's got quite a bite to it then go ahead and brew it because go ahead and bottle it because it's definitely ready so then you're going to want to pour it into bottles you're going to want to use glass swing top bottles um, I'll put a link in the show notes of what these bottles look like. But um, if you've ever gone to Aldi and gotten like the French lemonade that's got a little bit of sparkle to it and it comes in that hinge top bottle, that's uh, the type of bottle that we're talking about here. Um, you can also find these at the dollar store quite often or. Um, at Goodwill. I've seen them at Marshalls and Home Goods quite often. Um, in the meantime, you can also use old kombucha bottles. If you've been buying kombucha from the store, you can save those bottles in the caps and you can just put a piece of tape on them and write what kind you're making and use those in the meantime. Um, I don't recommend using mason jars because again, Number one, the metal is corrosive, so you're going to rust out your rings unless you have plastic lids. but even then they're not um, they don't completely seal. and so it allows some of the gases to escape. So when you go to do a second ferment with the juice, which we're getting ready to talk about, um, it won't get fizzy like you want because the air will be allowed to escape because it's not a completely tight seal so you're going to add 100 percent fruit juice or crush fresh fruit into your bottles and then add the kombucha tea you can really do it one of two ways if you want to make lots of different flavors you can add the different fruits and things to your individual bottles or the different juices and things to your individual bottles and then top it off with the tea. I generally do probably about an inch or so in the, in the bottle, and then fill it with the tea. Um, Some like more, some like less, so it's really a taste preference, but you'll get the hang of it as you continue to do it, and maybe do one and take a taste, and see what you think, and then adjust it according to that. You can also, um, to save time, I have gotten to where I brew the same flavor for the whole batch, and so I will take my juice and just pour it directly into the container with the tea. After I've taken out the um, the tea that I'm going to use for the starter for the next batch, there's usually enough room in there to um, add the juice and then I can mix it in and go ahead and pour it into my bottles. That's another good reason to use a drink dispenser because it's really easy to pour it right into your bottles. You can go to my Instagram page and see a picture of the type of bottles that I use and I'll put a picture in the stories that show you how I bottle it. So, One of the fruits that we use a lot is pineapple and it's because it's a really good anti-inflammatory. It's a natural anti-inflammatory on its own and then when you add it to kombucha um, that also has anti-inflammatory process uh, properties to it then you're just boosting that anti-inflammatory with the pineapple. Um, Ginger is also really good because, again, it helps with digestive issues. And so pineapple and ginger were things that I used quite a lot when I was dealing with IBS symptoms and inflammation from fibromyalgia. Um, And pineapple ginger together is a really good flavor combo. So play around with it. Find the flavors that you like best. Um, Currently, right now, our favorite is mango peach. We found a mango peach blend juice at the store i think it's by orchard top and it has a blend of apple juice in it as well Um, but it is just super light and refreshing and we make that with green tea and it's amazing that's our favorite flavor right now so once you have added the juice and filled up your bottles you're going to want to let those sit out on your counter or in your pantry or somewhere for three to five days what you want is that when you take the bottle and you turn it upside down and stand it back up you see the bubbles rising to the top and when you see that then you know that it's fizzy and it has eaten the sugar from your fruit that you added and that's what gives it the fizz if you don't care about the fizz You can add the fruit and then go ahead and just put it in the, in the refrigerator. It will slowly eat the sugar from that, but it won't get fizzy. Um, But if you want the fizz, you can do the second ferment where you leave it sitting out for three to five days and make sure that it's fizzy. And then once you've got it the way you want it, you need to stop the fermentation process and you do that by putting it in the refrigerator. If you leave it out long enough, it will begin to produce alcohol. So you don't want to leave it out too long. Um, Three to five days is really about all you should need. So, I want to remind you again, this episode isn't to convince you to brew kombucha. It's to get you brainstorming how you can use diet and nutrition to impact your health issues. So this week's call to action is what issue do you have that needs to be addressed? None of us are in perfect health. Everybody has something that they wish they could do something about. So how can you impact whatever that health issue is through food? Ask your why. Why do I need to impact this? What is it that I'm trying to achieve? Do your research. Again, Healthline is a great resource for health-related research that you're doing to get factual, evidence-based articles on what you're looking into. Figure out a small step to take. Maybe it's finding a SCOBY from a friend. Maybe it's buying a probiotic supplement that's of a good quality. Maybe it's trying a different supplement for something Maybe it's that you're going to eat pineapple more often and see how it makes your arthritis feel. And then your last thing is, again, don't worry about what others are doing or saying. Make the decisions that are best for your family because that's how we swim upstream. We make the decisions that are best for us. We step back and we don't just follow blindly. We make the decision based on what we've learned and what we need, and what works best for our family. So stay tuned. Next week, we're going to be talking about the other fermented foods. Kombucha is just one of 4Ks when it comes to fermented foods. So next week, we'll cover the other 3Ks. And then the week after that, we'll be talking about supplements and oils and ways that you can use those to also impact your health through diet and nutrition supplements and oils so come join me on instagram at swim.upstream and let's talk more about kombucha let's swap flavor ideas let's talk about what health issues you're thinking of trying to impact with your diet and nutrition and then i'll see you back next week for the other three k fermented foods see you then you've been listening to the swim upstream podcast where each week we discuss intentional living against cultural norms if you enjoyed this episode please leave a review of itunes this helps me be seen and heard by more potential listeners i'd also really appreciate it if you would share this episode with a friend who might enjoy it as much as you did As always we can continue our conversation on Instagram at swim.upstream or on Facebook at Jenny Veliki. You can find the links to both of those in the show notes. And remember the life you live is built on the choices you make. So just keep swimming.